My name is Daniel Baden. I'm a naturopath and have been involved in the natural health profession for well over three decades. Over time, I've noticed that more and more people are choosing natural and holistic medicine as their primary care option because of the real and sustainable results achieved. It's comforting to know that natural and holistic medicine works either as a standalone system of medicine or in combination with contemporary medical practice. A patient story discusses the healing journey that real people have experienced and how it has changed their lives. Many people who become holistic practitioners start off as patients. They go through the journey of discovering what it is about their health that made them ill in the first place. And once they discover that journey, they really enjoy what holistic and natural medicine is all about, and they decide to study for themselves. My guest today, Siobhan Bradley, is such a person. Hello, Siobhan. Welcome. Hi, Daniel. Thanks for having me with you today. Siobhan, as a teenager, you had a number of gut-related type issues, chronic digestive issues, nutritional deficiencies, and repeated infections. What do you think was going on there? I didn't understand at the time the connection really between diet and health. I had become a vegetarian when I was quite young. I think I was really maybe about 10 years old. And I didn't understand what I needed to do, uh, what I needed to do with my diet to be healthy at that time. So I think in hindsight, looking back, that led to nutritional deficiencies. It led to a, a lot of digestive issues. And really, I think that kind of set the scene for, for those things to come. Yeah, it's really interesting because I guess a lot of uh, younger people particularly will go on a vegetarian or vegan diet but they don't actually give consideration to what they're actually eating. And I, exactly. I've seen that so many times over the years in practice, um, people, you know, in your situation. And it's just so mm -hmm. important to spend time with parents, isn't it? Just educating them about what their children need. It is, it is. And I think, you know, as I grew older, my mother was very keen to have me eat as many vegetables as possible. And as I grew older and I was a teenager, I listened less and less and, and I was very interested in in processed foods in dairy I ate a lot of wheat and I really just didn't understand I just didn't have that education and understanding about the connections between how my diet would affect my health and so when I was getting sick I didn't actually put those together I didn't make that connection for myself. You ended up having infections probably because you were a bit run down and didn't have the mm -hmm. right nutrients to fight disease. So I guess you ended up with a lot of antibiotic prescriptions because they were the common solution to many problems in those days mm -hmm. um, and probably still are now, but really missing on education and guidance and prevention. What happened then? How did you sense yourself as a teenager? Did you know that you needed more than antibiotics at that age? I wasn't a fan, actually, of taking medicines. Just generally, I just didn't like to take things. But I did take the antibiotics, not realizing there was any alternative to that. That wasn't in my sphere of awareness at the time. So I really, yeah, I think because I didn't understand the connection, I, I took the antibiotics. I didn't have an alternative to it. and And I felt inside of myself that there wasn't that it wasn't quite right, but I just I just didn't have anything else. And I guess at that age as well, it's difficult to trust or, or act upon your intuitive self because, mm. you know, you've got mm. older people telling you what to do or what you should be doing, and uh, your voice sometimes is too little. 
<laughs> That's it exactly. And I was, you know, as 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 a lot of teenagers are, I was finding myself really. I was finding my voice, but I was very insecure. I did get quite a lot of social anxiety that I I kept inside. I didn't really let anybody else know that I was feeling that way on the outside. So there was a lot of inner tension, a lot of stress, and and it really wasn't going to be the time that I was going to speak up for myself really in my life. And with the latest research, that can also be those mental symptoms you just described can also be secondary mm. to changes in the microbiome as caused by taking antibiotics. Yeah, it didn't occur. Again, none of that occurred to me at the time. I just didn't have that awareness. But in hindsight, from what I know now, um, it seems very obvious to me now with my training. The beauty of retrospective vision. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so then you were 22, 23 and traveling in Southeast Asia and you picked up a virus, which you didn't really recover from. You had ongoing fatigue and digestive issues, chronic pain. It was eventually diagnosed as chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia. So what does that mean to you, chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia? Can you describe how you were feeling personally? At the time, I had been, I had gotten sick while I was traveling. I had actually been in Bali and got the Bali belly and gotten very sick and had apparently recovered, but really my energy hadn't fully come back from that. And it wasn't long after that, that I was in Cambodia. I got an unknown virus. I was admitted to hospital and I just really didn't get better. And so I ended up going back to Ireland and uh, seeing, you know, doctors and neurologists and really looking for the answers, trying to find out what was wrong with me. I had a lot of bone pain, fatigue, weakness, muscle cramps, spasms. I had a lot of neurological symptoms that were very peculiar and that didn't seem to fit into the boxes the doctors were trying to make them to fit into. Um, I was getting, you know, uh, tingling, numbness, nerve pain, and a lot of digestive symptoms and difficulties with sleep. It was really affecting everything. Um, Every system in my body seemed to be affected and it wasn't making a lot of sense. And so neurologists were looking at MS and motor neuron disease, and they ruled those out. And um, my doctor, actually my my GP, thought that I had a post-viral fatigue and I would just have to wait it out and hopefully I would get better. And really it was there was a lot of pain and suffering in that time. So to go back to, to what you're really asking, it, it meant actually a lot to me to have a diagnosis. I really wanted to, I spent a lot of time researching what might be wrong with me. Nobody was coming up with answers. And so when a rheumatologist actually diagnosed me eventually, I think probably about nine months later after I got sick with chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia, at that point, I was really relieved because it meant that, okay, well, I have a name for this thing and I'm not this unusual person anymore that nobody understands what's going on with. And I felt safety within that diagnosis at that time. Now, obviously, later on, and, and actually quite quickly afterwards, I realized, well, it doesn't really mean anything because there's nowhere to go after you get that diagnosis. But I was in a lot of pain. And, and that's the thing that stands out to me most. And that's the thing that was really most dominant at that time. I could deal with the digestive issues as uncomfortable as they were. I could deal with the other aspects, even though they were really full on. But actually, at the time, the pain was almost unbearable. It was consistent pain. Uh, day and night and and I just I couldn't seem to to find how to resolve it 
Where was the worst part of the pain in your body? It felt to me at the time like it was both in my bones and muscles, actually. It was, it was, I was getting some sciatic pain and, and I, I felt the nerve pain was actually quite bad. There was nerve pain in my lower back and running down my leg. Um, so that was quite severe, but it just felt like it was in this deep part of my body, like my bones, but my muscles were also tender at that time as well. And so I think that's where the rheumatologist, even when he was doing his tests and he was pressing on different areas of my body at that time. I remember it being so painful. And I remember him telling me that he wasn't really exerting a lot of pressure on me at that at that time. And it was just incredibly painful. That must have been so terribly frightening for you. It really was. It really was very frightening is a really good word. I I just I was very confused as well, to be honest. I was really confused. I couldn't understand how this was all happening, what felt to me like was happening so quickly, like it almost developed overnight. And all of a sudden I was just in left with this persistent pain that wasn't, wasn't leaving and all the other symptoms, which were obviously really affecting my life as well. You were, I guess, told that this is going to be with you forever, prescribed some pain medications. That's not a prognosis that anybody wants to hear. So I, I'm curious as to what you thought about that and what you thought you might do and also what medications you were put on at that point actually the rheumatologist was actually uh he was very nice to me he didn't spend a lot of time with me but he was very nice to me and he told me that yeah pretty much that that was that was it this was the diagnosis there wasn't really anything that could be done about it except to treat the symptoms and that was at what what was under his um control I guess was in terms of pharmaceuticals was pain medication and yeah. so he prescribed me Ponston 40 at the time I think that's what he had prescribed and I did take um, some of that he, he'd said to take it every day and then extra as needed I did take some of those initially but I stopped quite quickly because actually it wasn't really fully helping the pain and I, I was getting a lot of digestive issues because of it as a side effect and so for me that wasn't really a viable option to move forward with it wasn't really helping so for at that point I started to look outside of the box I started to look for for alternative things that might help me and I did a lot I'll be honest I did a lot of google researching at that point um so i was looking at dr google to find what could i do and i did find an acupuncturist actually who did help me but it was temporary relief it wasn't really getting to the core i guess at this point you you had to put your career on hold and mm -hmm. had you had any other exposure to natural medicine and, and if not how did you choose which direction in natural medicine you were going to go with Mm, yeah. When I was younger, actually, with the digestive issues, my mother was very proactive. So when the doctors weren't really helping, she had a friend who was an acupuncturist and a reflexologist. And so I think that's why at that point in my life, when I was a bit older, I went towards that side. It felt safer for me and familiar. And, and it was local. I was able to find somebody in my local area. And so that was really what I why I gravitated towards that at that time. But at that same time, I actually met a naturopath, my first naturopath. I didn't know what a naturopath was. They didn't really exist in Ireland. Forgive me, look, there, there probably was a few, but but it really wasn't something that was in anyone's awareness. Um, so I didn't even know. 
her title. I just I heard about her through a connection, a family connection, and I heard about a woman that might be able to help me, and she was a naturopath and homeopath. So I did go and see her at that point. Now she was actually in Ireland on a trip, having a, a, a busy practice in Sydney, and she was just back in Ireland for a small period of time. So I managed. I had this window, and I managed to meet her at that time, and that was a really great experience for me. She took a massive case history. I remember her spending so much time with me and it was so different to what I had experienced before in the medical side of things. I really wasn't given that much time. I wasn't listened to and there wasn't, um, you know, she she took my case history from birth to that age and, and that was so unique for me at that time. And she did give me some magnesium and she said that if I was in Australia, come back and and spend some time with her and she'd help me. And so that was a really positive experience. And that was my my first experience with a naturopath. And so that stuck with me. She gave you some magnesium. I imagine she gave you some sort of dietary advice as well. She did. She did give me dietary advice. And I did clean up my diet a lot after that point. Now, the acupuncturist had also actually asked me to stop eating gluten and dairy at that point, and I did. Well, gluten was a bit of a transition, but the dairy I stopped. (laughs) The gluten took me a little bit longer. I I liked the gluten. And yeah, she gave me further advice on my diet and uh, fruits, vegetables. I don't get me wrong. I was I was aware generally of the good foods. Um, I just wasn't very good at, at implementing that. And so she gave me that motivation to do that. Did you start to feel some change with the supplement and with the diet? How long did that take? I did start to feel some change. Now, looking back, and I didn't understand the importance of this either at the time, I was actually living in a very moldy apartment. It was a very affluent area. It was a beautiful apartment, but it didn't get a lot of sunlight. And so there was mold in my bedroom. And one of the walls was would, would get covered in mold and I would clean it and then it would get covered in mold. And so I see now the connection between that also and my health. So my health did improve somewhat and I start I started being able to do yoga and some exercise and I I started working again for a period of time and I was really trying to push through though so it made some improvement but obviously there was more I needed to do and then it was uh, in 2009 that I moved to Australia and and began my journey there. With the early improvement was that really around Mm -hmm. the pain or the gastric symptoms or the Mm -hmm. mental health issues or all of Mm -hmm. that? I feel the pain was actually, it was definitely improved. And that made, it made it easier to feel better, obviously, as well. And I think the possibility, having had some temporary relief with the acupuncture and having having some improvement with the naturopathic side at that point, even though obviously there was more I needed to do, I think that really boosted uh, my uh, mental health. You know, it really helped me to see that there is a possibility of improvement here but I was in I was I was still suffering quite a lot in terms of all of the other symptoms and and the disruption in my life so I guess yeah there was a lot more for me to do at that point. So in 2009 you moved to Australia and Mm -hmm. you started studying natural medicine. Yeah well in 2009 I moved to Australia and with my now husband and I started looking into everything. I was fascinated by the connection between vitamins and minerals and health. And I started looking into everything nutrition. That was really on my own 
side of things. I didn't, again, I, I, I did have the doctors in the background. I tried to go and see more doctors to see if there was more I could do, if there was other alternatives. So I hadn't really let go of that option. And I was really only, I, I was really only a baby in my understanding of natural medicines. And I didn't really know where to look or, you know, so I stumbled across things. I went into health food shops. I spoke to people. I found out about books. I looked up things online and read about things. And I actually began meditation in 2010. And, and that was um, another big part of the journey for me. I learned about the relaxation response in the body and the sympathetic nervous system versus the parasympathetic. So the fight or flight versus the rest and digest. So I started, you know, I started learning about all of these things and being exposed to more of those things. Connecting the dots. Yeah, slowly, I have to say it was slow. <laughs> um, but I, I did begin to, to get that fuller awareness of what's possible and what's out there. When did you start to feel that you saw a significant transition towards health improvement? I think actually about six or seven months after I moved to Australia and I had done a lot of work on my diet, that was when the pain actually just stopped. It, it, that sounds like it was overnight. It wasn't overnight, but it really, it was over a period of weeks, I started to notice less and less pain. And I had begun taking more supplements at this point, you know, uh, B vitamins. I had actually gotten a herbal mix from the naturopath in Sydney sent. I was living in Brisbane at the time, so sent to me. And between doing those things and the magnesium and, and the diet, really, I, the pain actually mostly left at that point. Now, I still had a severe fatigue and I still had other digestive symptoms, but that was a big relief at that point. With the supplements, do you remember what you were taking, more anti-inflammatory type stuff or probiotic type supplements mm -hmm. or all of that? Um, yeah, all, all of the above. At the time, uh, the B vitamins, I think, actually were were very helpful for me in terms of energy and the magnesium. I was taking a broad spectrum probiotic and I was taking some vitamin D, which I hadn't been taking before. And knowing my background, you know, Ireland doesn't get so much sun. So I was probably quite low there as well. And iron, actually, iron was something even my doctor flagged in my teenage years. My iron was always low. You know, it, it was just always on the lower end. And so I started taking iron and, and no doubt that that definitely impacted my my energy levels as well. I think the herbs really covered the anti-inflammatory side. And at this point, I didn't really know anything about herbs. I was given a herbal tincture mix. I trusted her and she was very good at what she did. And so I took that and I think that, that probably was covering. Um, I didn't even ask what was in it at the time. It actually took me a bit longer to go down that road of being curious and asking what's in it and looking them, them up. But um, I think that was really covering that anti-inflammatory side for me. And iron deficiency is such a common problem, mm -hmm. especially in, in, in younger females, and uh, we see so much of it. So to the listeners, there's a note for you. If you've got kids that are low energy and getting recurrent infections, it's certainly worth checking your iron. Mm, agreed. Yeah. And, I, and again, a vegetarian who wasn't eating very healthily, I wasn't eating enough protein. Um, I wasn't eating enough. Yeah, I wasn't even eating enough of the macronutrients. And then obviously with the vitamins and minerals side of things, I just wasn't getting what I needed. So iron and, and zinc, I imagine, as well, in hindsight. You went through a journey. You started to improve. You started to mm -hmm. study more. And mm -hmm. you became a naturopath yourself. What does being a naturopath mean to you? 
it means the world to me, honestly. It really does. It it I went through so much suffering, you know, times when I just I had no direction. I didn't know what to do. I felt inside of me that there were things that that were out there that could help me, but I just I didn't know how to do that. And for me now to be in in this role, to be able to help people, to be able to support people on their journey, it means so much to me. And I really want to help people prevent the suffering that I had to go through because of the lack of direction. You know, obviously there's illness out there and there are difficult things to deal with in our health. But for me, I look back and see how much of my journey was was unnecessarily painful and and how little direction and guidance I had. So for me, that's so important to be there with people and to to give them the knowledge that I have now from my training and from my life experience and be able to help give them guidance and direction and support them. So it really does mean the world to me. And you have a lot of life lessons to bring into your practice as well, which is always helpful. I do. I do. I really try to be non-judgmental and and really encourage self-love and and compassion for each person because I know that I was very hard on myself throughout my journey. I felt that there was, you know, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I felt that that I was doing something wrong, you know, the because I hadn't been listened to and and heard and really seen and met from from the medical practitioners that were dealing with me. That that really traumatized me and I had felt really alone within that. So for me, I try and bring all of that with me into the practice and and help people by listening to them and meeting where they are at and and seeing them as an individual person and just being there with them. And I have that deep understanding of what it's like to be ill. So I try to bring that with me into my practice. There's a lot of people out there that have chronic health conditions. They're in chronic pain. And Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you have any take-home advice for those people that Mm -hmm. um, are going through some really awful times. Yeah, there is hope. That's, That's what I want to tell people. There is hope. There are things out of the, out there that are just absolutely possible that you can do there's always something that you can do to improve your situation no matter what condition you have really the natural medicine field is amazing there are people that are incredibly professional and intelligent out there that can help and they're very well trained and so there's always something that can be done to improve your health and you can you can find ways within your own life to change your diet or your lifestyle. But yeah, there's there's so much possibility for change uh, no matter what condition you have. And I learned that through my experience. I met some amazing people in the natural medicine industry that, that helped me. And the other thing I would say to people as well is trust yourself, be your own advocate for your own health. I had to do that so much. And look, at the time, I didn't want to do that for myself and, and it was character building. But do do trust your body. You are the expert on you. Nobody else knows your body as well as you do. So if something doesn't feel right for you, be your own advocate and speak up for yourself. And I promise you there are many talented professionals out there who know what they're doing, who can guide and support you. So find the right person for you. And there is much that can be done to help you. That is wonderful and solid advice. Thank you very much. Siobhan, that was an amazing story. And I'm really grateful you spent the time with us. You practice in Dublin, but I know that you also have an international online type clinic. 
So mm-hmm. how do people get in touch with you? I'm in Kerry, actually, in Ireland, um, which is down on the um, the southwest. And I that's exactly right. I have my online practice. And so my website's probably the best place that people can go to find out and, uh, more about me and connect with me. So that is www.siobhanbradley.com.au. And my email address is info at siobhanbradley.com.au. Okay. And for us Australians that struggle with Siobhan, it's spelled S-I-O-B-H-A-N. Yes. Pronounce Siobhan. (laughs) That's it. I'm I'm grateful for my surname being uh, fairly easy for people to uh, spell, but Bradley is the easy part. Siobhan is sometimes the difficult part. Well, not in Ireland, I'm sure. (laughs) No, not here. Well, look, thank you again. I know it's an early morning for you over there and I'm grateful you spent some time and I hope your message can really help somebody out there. So thank you so much. I hope so too. Thank you, Daniel. If you feel that this story could be of benefit to you or someone you know, please like it and share it. If you have a health story yourself and feel that sharing it might make a difference to another person, please head over to our website, apatientstory.com. We would love to hear from you. And as a reminder, in this podcast and on our website, the information provided relates to the specific health requirements of an individual and may not relate to your health circumstances or that of another person. Do not use the information heard or read to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any disease or to reject, alter or delay any professional advice or prescription given. Please do not make any changes to your treatment without consulting your health professional. Thank you.